Coming up on Influencing Entrepreneurs. People talk about the why all the time. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I think the why is important, but I think the why is vastly overrated. And people don't consider their what. What do you love to do? What would you do even if nobody was paying you? What would you do that just consumes you where you blink and eight hours have gone by? This season of Influencing Entrepreneurs is brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization of Charlotte and Spiracle Media. After years of teaching entrepreneurship and consulting business owners, I realized that true knowledge comes from the wins and losses of those entrepreneurs. These are the stories of those business leaders. I'm Kazmer Ward, and this is Influencing Entrepreneurs. Well, we're here today with Brian Kite, or BK, to his friends. He's got quite the entrepreneurial journey and kind of where it's ending up. I'd like to talk about how you ended up there. But from college, where did your entrepreneurial journey start? It started immediately. Well, I, it started in college, um, I guess, is probably the, the, the most honest way. And you went to school yeah. where? I went to school at Worcester in Ohio. Okay. So I was born and raised in, in Southern California, went to Ohio, played college football. That's what got me out to Ohio. Um, you know, and, and like a lot of entrepreneurs, I did not care about grades. I, I, I was, it wasn't a, a smart or intelligence capacity, but I just, I never cared whether I got an A or a C. It made no difference to me. Like I didn't get any personal fulfillment out of an A compared to a C for the most part. I certainly saw no life impact. Uh, you know, I think, you know, for all of us who were like that in college, looking back, we probably like a, a redo at right. that. Um, but, but would it have made a difference? You know, I, I would have built better disciplines. I would have built, you know, I, there's things I would have developed and learned sooner. Uh, I don't know that it would have made a difference in terms of, you know, my true skills uh, or frankly, even maybe where I started, right? I don't want to be revisionist history, but I for sure learned lessons the hard way that I didn't need to. And I learned them later than I needed to. So for me, my, my journey was um, in college, I knew that I wanted to coach coaches. So my experience as an athlete was I saw that um, nobody coached the coaches. Nobody coached the coaches as hard as the coaches coached the players. And because of that, a lot of coaches, sports coaches, ended up being really average 15, 20 years into their career and not having a really strong development path. I knew I wanted to go do that. Nobody did it. So I kind of found Blue Ocean before Blue Ocean was a thing and said, that is an empty space and it is massively underserved. Uh, and so I said, I'm going to go all in on that at 22, right when I graduated. So did you share this with, did you share this with your coaches? Uh, <laughs> probably not as, <laughs> as uh, maturely as I wish I would have. Um, but no, I, I started it probably my junior year in college. Uh, and we have this really cool thing called independent study. Worcester's world famous for it. It's the uh, number two senior capstone project uh, in America and all colleges, second only to Princeton. Mass, basically it's a graduate level thesis. Um, and so my junior year, I did one, uh, a kind of a light version. And then my senior year, which is a whole class, uh, 100-page paper, it was all, the title of it was Who's Coaching the Coaches? So, so I was all in on this really early. It was probably the, it was the, it was the I would say it's, it was the only thing in my, my collegiate academic side that I took seriously. And I just discovered this wide open space. So at 22, when I graduated, I, I briefly put it on hold to go back out to L.A., I worked in recruiting, doing sales in Westwood, lived on the beach in Manhattan Beach, drove up to Westwood every day on the 405, which you know was between 45 minutes to 90 minutes for a 12-minute drive, yeah. um, was in an office, and I realized within seven days of being in there that 
that I had made the wrong decision. I had left my entrepreneurial pursuit to go live in a great place, but it was the first time in my life that I hated Mondays and craved Fridays. Like I lived for everything but work. It was really different for me. So I left that, went back to Ohio to, to launch this Coaching the Coaches business. So, so you really moved to a lifestyle. For sure. California would have been better, what better place? Yeah, I mean, live on the beach, I, I can find work, but man, let's go, let's go build. And I found the exact opposite that, that I can remember, I can literally like picture my mindset and 22 year old me realizing that if I didn't love what I did every day, people talk about the why all the time. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I think the why is important, but I think the why is vastly overrated because why does a medical professional get into medicine? Why does a teacher start to teach in schools? Well, their why is clear and strong, right? I always joke, like teachers get in for the paycheck, right? right. And then they get in for the summers. Right. Then eventually they care about the kids. That's a joke, obviously. No, right. teachers teach because they love kids. Right. But that why is gone in six months when the realities of teaching every day right. kick in. And people don't consider their what. What do you love to do? What would you do even if nobody was paying you? What would you do that just consumes you where you blink and eight hours have gone by? So for me, it was leadership and culture and behavior skills and you know things like teaching discipline and empathy and managing emotions and critical thinking under pressure. Like that was what I lived for. What like I just I would spend my time on that. So I wanted to go coach that to coaches and to uh, athletes and help build it in teams. So my first year of trying to do that, I got zero clients, zero second meetings, and made zero dollars in a year. And what did the business look like? Like, oh, I, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Give me your cold call. You're calling my, my office. <laughs> well, that was the thing, right? So it was, it was pre... There was no social media. Uh, email existed, but it was still sort of in the infancy, um, cell phones. I mean, this is, I don't even know if iPhones were invented yet. Uh, I didn't have one, but it might've been the very first iPhone if so it was just a really different world at that time. And that was the hard part, right? Was, was, okay. How was that? How would I reach out to a coach who coached college football right. or college soccer? How did I get access to them? And then when I did or high school and real quick, the access is, is, uh, bigger, almost the bigger challenge than the pitch. Absolutely, yeah. right? Because there are these self-contained spaces. And then at the time, nobody did that for coaches. Nobody did leadership training or was teaching culture. This was before culture had even been popularized, right? Um, people, they, they, they- Workplace culture. Correct, right. right. Um, and so, you know, I mean, looking back, right? I didn't even have a, there wasn't a business model. It was, it was, Hey, I want to work with you and want to teach these skills. And every coach talked about it, but they didn't have good systems for it. And it's still true today, but, but they didn't put good systems in place. So I had to find ways to get in touch with the coach. So lots of emails. Um, there were no real phone numbers unless I was calling the high school, but coaches don't sit at desks where they have telephones. So, you know, when I think about cold calls, it was way more cold emails. Yeah. Um, and then finding a way to get a meeting and trying to find and I had some scripts, I had some angles, you know, about how to talk about leadership or culture, about winning and losing and competing and how, what, what a difference it makes. But obviously it wasn't particularly strong, uh, given the fact that I 
I didn't get a ton of meetings. And when I did, I didn't get any second meetings. And I do mean that. Like I, it's not like the story. Like I, after I met with somebody once at no point did they ever meet with me again. Yeah. So like I look back, you know, people are like, why did it fail? Well, number one, I wasn't good enough, yeah. which is the first responsibility. Uh, number two, it was way ahead of the curve in terms of, you know, I was trying to create something out of thin air that just didn't exist. Yeah, there, there's no proof of concept. None. And then number three, there wasn't business, but not in sports. And they didn't really listen to each other a lot of the right. time. And then number three is coaches are, like you said, their access and they're sort of, they, they have these little fiefdoms that they want to control everything. And so there right. just wasn't a whole lot of access granted. And I'm sure fourth, right? Coaches weren't really interested in listening to a 22 year old, tell yeah. them how to be a strong leader, right? Yeah. So uh, after that, just crash and burned, uh, I really had two rules. I was never going to work in business and I was never going to work with my dad. So of course I immediately started working in business with my dad. Okay. And, <laughs> and what type of business is this? He did the same thing. He did consulting. Uh, um, you know, at the time it was consulting. He got into consulting sort of in the late eighties when it really started to blossom. So I grew up in a, in a house where we talked about business and leadership and running good teams from a business view. And then we talked about sports. So for me, it was, you know, both my own interests, but also fed at the dinner table and home by the conversations we were having. But I also was super bored by business. And so I was like, man, I don't want to work in business. And all the, all the intricacies of working with family and dad in particular was like, nah, it's just not, you know, but I kind of got to this spot where I was like, okay, I, I needed to do something and lean in. I needed to feed that side of myself somehow. And I couldn't get it in sports. It wasn't good enough. And business had budget, learning tracks, track record of, of investing in people, um, and you know, my dad kind of had, had a, a business going, a, just a sole individual consultant. He didn't have a company and stuff like that. He just had himself. And so I was like, well, I'll help out. And I kind of would help out behind the scenes. And at the time it was just a temporary, I'll help you just until I figure out what I want to do. And at some point he couldn't speak in an event and said, Hey, do you want to speak? And it was at a, uh, at a credit union. No, I'm 23. I didn't even know what a credit union was. Right. So this is only one year later. You're yeah, and it's sort of right as it was right as the 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 realization of hey, like I'm not good enough to launch this coaching the coaches business right. right now, and I don't have enough runway or money to keep doing this. And it wasn't a startup that had you know hey I could you know raise anything for. It was just me. Right. So I was like I I have to do something to make ends meet, uh, and I don't want to go back waiting tables anymore and that stuff. So I said well I'll help out in the background and kind of learn and see, explore. I talked to a lot of people that we worked with. Should I work for my dad? Should I go work somewhere else and learn things and then come back? And I got opinions from all sides. Um, and I eventually decided, no, I, I, wanna, I wanna learn some of this, but I, I really am not gonna go in business. So I, I just wanna learn how this works so that I can take it to sports. Yeah, so, so you haven't given up on the vision or the dream? No, I haven't given it up on it, but I did say, I don't know when we're gonna be, and I'm, when I'm gonna be able to. Yeah. So the, the, the transformational moment for me was my dad couldn't speak at an event. He had already booked it. I don't know, he got double booked or I don't know, something happened. He said, can you go speak for two hours to this credit union? And I said, you know, sure, right? Not knowing what I was agreeing to, but sure, I can go talk about behavior skills. And I went, Cass, and I did two hours to 200 people, all staff meeting of teaching behavior skills to this credit union. And I feel like the way I describe it is I felt like uh, – Remember when Will Ferrell blacks out in old school yeah. when he's speaking and has like the most articulate, you know, and then he wakes up, he's like, what happened? Yeah. That's what it felt like. I, like in that two hours, it was like I, I, like all of the gears clicked. 
and all of a sudden business made sense to me. All of the things I loved about sports, I saw them in business for the first time in my life. Thanks for watching and stay tuned for part two of this episode. Influencing Entrepreneurs is brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization of Charlotte and Spiracle Media. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash or visit casmerward.com.